Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Feel a reverence in this place, Lord. So we thank you as we continue to look into your word today. Uh, Father, thank you so much. Lord, we, we uh, lift up Rama Family Church attenders, all those that call this home. Father, we thank you for everyone that we, we declare safety upon them, uh, our family that's out vacationing on this long weekend. Father, we thank you that no evil won't come near their dwelling and no weapon formed against them will prosper. Father, we thank you that we're all safe, protected in the will of God, and we th- give you praise and glory for that in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So we're starting a new series as, uh, as we saw, and it's called How to Choose. How to choose, okay? So uh, I did a little searching on the internet and I found this information that various internet sources estimate that an adult makes about 35,000 conscious decisions each day. In contrast, a child makes about 3,000. So even if that's only half correct, if if they're only half correct, that means adults make 17,500 decisions in a day and children make 1,500. So our brains are really doing some stuff, aren't they? You're, you know, you're, you're a lot uh, smarter than you thought, right? So God gave us a free will, and with this free will, you know, we can make all these daily many choices. So what do we eat? What do we wear? What to purchase? What do we believe? What jobs and career choices we're going to pursue? How we vote? How to spend our time with people? Uh, who are we going to date and marry? And I don't know, for you that are not in that category, can we say hallelujah, amen, uh, that we're no longer facing that? What we say and how we say it, uh, whether or not we would like to have children, uh, and we're out of that category also, um, what we will name our children, who our children spend their time with, uh, what our children are going to eat. I mean, these are just like a minute, you know, example of all the choices that are set before us. So here's what Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19 says. It says, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness. The choice you make, oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. So you know I like to underline stuff if you've been coming here for a while. And, but then I like to, sometimes I make it bold and underline it both. And in this case I did, if it comes back up here. And we're going to like look at that, it disappeared here. Uh, okay, but there it is. So I have given you the choice. So from the very beginning with Adam and Eve, God allowed us to make choices. He gave us that responsibility. God has never been with us uh, like somebody up in heaven that's controlling us like puppets or even in the electronic age, robots. We're, you know, we're like a robot and we're, we're programmed and we do what God says and we can't escape that. You know, it's, it's hard to escape God dealing with your heart 
but we still have to say yes. And when God deals with us, it's still us. So, so what we want to see here is we're responsible to make choices. God gave us that responsibility. Think about this. You know, when he came to Mary, the mother of Jesus, she still had to make a choice. And she said, be it unto me according to your word. She chose. She made the right choice. Thank God. And, you know, and in that particular case, that was a very important thing because she's the one that you know, brought Jesus into the world, but God still allowed her to make that choice. So God is not controlling us like we're robots. Here's another scripture, Joshua 24 in verse 15. It says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. There again, it's like your choice. You can make these choices. And then it, there's a little history there. Would you prefer... Per, prefer the gods your ancestors served. So, you know, they had gods, like different gods long ago. You know, it's, it's not, nothing new, you know, the choice of having gods. They had it back there. Or, or, and then they, you know, a little history of who they served. But then he says, Joshua, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Their choice, that's the way that God made it. So, of course, there's real practical things uh, that God allows us to choose, like what clothes should I wear today? Now, I don't really pray about the clothes that I wear. And, uh, you know, I, and, you know sometimes I can eat. If I, I like to make, when I cook, I like to make a, like a big batch, and then I just eat on it for a few days. But my wife and children, they don't really like that, you know, so they have to have something new. But I think, hey, if I'm going to do a little work, I'm going to make a lot of food, then I'll just like eat it for two or three days, the same thing. I'm okay with that. Now, some people aren't. I'm okay like with clothes. So if I like, go to the office one day and I wear clothes, but if I'm not going to the office the next day, hey, sometimes I'll just put the same clothes on. For me, it's okay. It's convenient. <laughs> not everyone, everyone's different, right? But, you know, I don't put a lot of prayer time into choosing my clothes. You know, there's like... When you're doing your tax returns, you know, you have to make a choice. You're, are you going to manipulate some numbers there so, so you uh, don't pay taxes or get more money back? You know, and so these kind of choices like, well, we know we should be honest with our tax returns, right? Uh, even for going to church, you know, should I go to church? Well, the Bible already gives the answer, like, forsake not the assembling of yourself together. Well, what should I eat for breakfast? Like lunch and dinner, like food. You know, that's, that's an easy choice. Now, I was looking on a website. I did a little searching about how to make, I just put in how to choose. And there's a lot of good things out there on how to make choices. So here's an example of something uh, apart from God, because we want to get into, you know, God and choices. But this one website, it says, like, number one, be calm and analyze the problem. Don't panic. That's good. Number two, consult people. That's okay, too. Number three, make a list of all the possible choices so that you stay organized and evaluate them. That's also good. Um, number four, think about both the positives and negatives about each choice, also good. And then the fifth one, don't overthink. You know, so just from something that you can find by doing a little Google there on how to make a choice. So we, but we want to like bring in God and the Bible and his word when it comes to choices. So Here's what we want to get into today. We want to talk about the different places or platforms that we can choose from. 
So these different platforms, you know, there can be like unstable places or platforms, or there can be like real stable places or platforms. So here's an example of unstable platforms where we could choose from, like an offended place. So have you ever made decisions when you're offended? And then have you realized that making a decision out of offense isn't always the best choice? We can all say, uh, I think we can all say amen to that. Is there a perfect one amongst us? If so, could you please stand? (laughs) And then you can make a decision from a confused place. You know, so if you have any confusion, you want to get clarity before you decide. It's not a real stable platform to choose from. You can also make a decision from a fearful place. And I'm sure we've all done that where you choose when you're fearful and it doesn't turn out to be a good choice. And then there's the hasty or compulsive place where you're just hasty and compulsive and you make a choice. And we've all done that. We've all, all of us have probably done all of these things at various times, more than one time. Then there is the stable places, the you know, platforms that you can really uh, you know, trust. And just really, I'm going to just talk about two of them, information and revelation. Now, information, you know, it will give a definition. We do, we do want to say this, when it comes to information or revelation, if you allow offense in, so even though they're stable platforms, if we allow offense in, it will, it will taint the information we have or the revelation we have. You know, if we have any of those unstable things going on, even though we have good information and we have revelation, and I'll explain what revelation is coming up, we can still make a taint, a bad decision because those other areas can taint. So we want to keep offense out. We don't want to let offense uh, cause us to make this, you know, decisions out of a place like that. All right, so let's do this. Like, like, what is information? So here's like a real simple different definition of information. Information is knowledge obtained from investigation, study, or instruction. So if you're a surgeon, if you're a solicitor, if you're a tradie, no matter what you do, you had to get some information to do it. We have our production team sitting back there. They're running lights. They're running sound. They're running the screens. They had to get information to do all that stuff. So information is good. Okay, and we can get that from studying, investigating, or instruction. Okay, you can do a lot of things with information. You can drive, you can cook. We can all become great cooks if we just go on TV and look at the cooking channel, and you can be the next, whoever that guy is that at Woolies that sells the stuff. What's his name? Anyway, I, I couldn't hear you. Now, here's what revelation is. Revelation is an act of revealing or communicating divine truth. Revelation is an act or revealing or communicating divine truth. And then it's, it's something that is revealed by God to humans. It's an enlightening or an astonishing. So that's like on a different level there. When you have revelation, it's something that God reveals to you, okay? 
Revelation will affect our choices. So that's what we want to look at today. Revelation will affect our choices in a very deep and profound way. So in order to do that, we need to look at some scripture. So Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13, let's pick up there. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah. Now, this is not what the disciples are saying. This is what other people are saying. But he is asking his disciples this question. And then uh, you go on to verse 15, and then he said, but who do you say? Now he's asking the disciples, who do you say that I am? And then verse number 16 Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. That is what revelation is. My father in heaven revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human human being. So when God reveals something to us, it's very profound in what it can do to us when it comes to making choices. And we want to look at this. uh, We can follow this through. So this revelation that Peter got, and he said, I see who Jesus really is because it was revealed to me he is the Son of Of the living God. He's the Messiah. So, this revelation that he got from heaven, we're gonna see where this caused Peter to be stable and make a good choice. So, we have to go to John chapter 6 and verse 56 to see this. So, let's read this and look. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Then jumping down to verse 60, Jesus is starting to share some real heavy stuff with his disciples. More meat than they usually were getting. And then many of his disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept this? Like eating his flesh and drinking his blood? That sounds like cannibalism. But he wasn't really talking about doing that literal it was uh, what he was talking about. Hey, you know, if you think about the blood and the body of Jesus, it's the word. It's, you know, we can, you can see the spiritual application, but they weren't getting it. They didn't understand it. So they said, how how can this be? So then you go to John 6 and verse 66, and isn't that interesting, 666, and and it says, at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. So he's sharing something heavy And they had a hard time understanding it, and it was offensive to them, and they turned and they deserted him. They walked away, okay? Jump down to verse 67. Then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you going to leave? Now look who answers him. It was Simon Peter, the one with the revelation. And Simon replied this, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. Now what do we just see there? Peter had a revelation that came from heaven. He knew who Jesus really was, 
And instead of being offended, he made an, the right choice. He knew who Jesus was. There was you, know, you know, when you know who Jesus is, when you know what he has done for you, and if you identify yourself in him, it's really hard to be offended. Now, as a pastor, I like to read, I read various articles from a lot of different pastors, pastors that have done it longer than myself, that have been in it for a long time, pastors that know what they're doing. I like to read and see what these guys say. And I just read something interesting about this one pastor was writing about the church and making the church, you know, like a real attractive. And, and he said, there's one downfall when you make, you know, so professional and make it so attractive and you do all... It's good, but yet here's the downside. You can get into consumerism. And then what happens is it's, it's more like a consumer. It's kind of like if you're on an airplane and the stewardess you know, comes and they say all their announcements, they say, but they start off saying, thank you for choosing us today. <laughs> you know, and it's always, like, it's always like for the consumer. You see, it's, it's that way. And it really shouldn't be consumerism. All right, so... If you really know who you are in Christ, it is actually hard to be offended. And so we, we all should think about that, you know, like you can, sometimes it's good to identify yourself, like how easily am I offended? And then if you find yourself being offended easily, then you know that you want to know him more. Get revelation of Jesus because that, it profoundly changes us and it causes our choices to be so different and really good choices, okay? So this uh, question on how to choose, today what we're doing is we're just laying a foundation. If there was one thing, the number one thing that we want to get right as Christians for our choices is that we want to know Jesus, but then we want to know who we are in him. Because then it makes all the other choices so different. I was like totally different with my choices before I became a Christian. And before I became a Christian, you know, I, I worked uh, various things. I, I, tr I did music, so I, we, were in, we had a band and we played on the weekends, but I was also a machinist, so I, I was a tradie. Then I, I got my real estate license. I went to school to learn refrigeration and air conditioning. I never did anything with it. For some weird reason, I got into all this like study and stuff uh, when I got out of school. I was a big clown in school, always in trouble. Then I got out, and I, and I had all of these various things. But you know, one, one of the things that I got uh, from growing up with six brothers is that I just didn't care. I didn't care. So if somebody said something to me, I, if, if I offended them, I then double offended them. It's like, you know, the Italians, they go like this. So if somebody got offended and they said something, I went, hmm, you know, if you don't like it, huh, you know, I just didn't care what anyone thought. I didn't care if I offended them. I didn't care if I messed their lives up. I didn't care. It's amazing. As soon as I accepted Jesus Christ, and I started to learn who I was. I started to care. I, did, I don't. I'll do everything I can do not to offend somebody. I'll do everything I can do to help somebody. I'll do it. You know, whatever I can do to help people, I'll do it. I care. Because he got on the inside of me 
and I started to find out who I was. It profoundly changed my choices. So the number one choice that I made was Jesus, and then not only do you choose him as your savior, but then you choose to follow him and learn about him. It changes you to a degree that you will make every other choice will be different than you used to make. So uh, this, you know, we, we, um, we can combine, you know, like information and revelation. Here, here's a few thoughts. You know, when you have God, you have something that others necessarily don't have. So I've heard doctors like in surgeons, you know, you, with information, you can become a surgeon. But I've heard surgeons say that we're Christians, so they had all the information. They went and studied, and they became a surgeon, but then they're on the operating, they're doing a surgery, and the Holy Spirit says something to them, and it causes the surgery to be totally different because of revelation. Something was revealed. I've heard solicitors say that, you know, they, they can, you go to school and study and become a solicitor, but then right during, like, whatever they do, like whatever it would be if they're in court... You know, the, the Holy Spirit would tell, reveal to them, ask this question, where they would not have got that if they didn't have God, but they ask a question in the courtroom that turns it all around. That's revelation coming from God. Uh, I've heard tradies give the, there was a tradie, uh, there was a crane operator uh, many years ago this happened. He was praying in the Holy Spirit at night, and while he was praying, the Holy Spirit said, don't go up into your crane tomorrow, the cable's going to snap, and if you go up, you'll be decapitated. And so he went to work and told the foreman, I, I can't do my job today, I'm not going to go. The Holy Spirit, the Lord told me if I go up there into the crane, the cable is going to snap today, and it will decapitate me. And they all laughed at him, because you, know, you know how people laugh at Christians and think they're cuckoo. Well, but if you really hear from God, you know, you're not cuckoo. So this other guy said, I'll go up. And he went up and the cable snapped and he got decapitated. The Christian heard accurately from God. So he, got, he studied and learned from information how to run the crane, but then he got revelation. The Holy Ghost revealed something to him. It saved his life. So these are just, you know, I've heard accountants, you know, like an accountant looking for like, you know, you got to, there's like this little mistake that was made somewhere with a couple different, you know, maybe four dollars off you know and they're looking for where's the mistake at and the holy spirit leads them right to the place and they fix their accounting and it all balances out i can we could go on and on information along with revelation it's wonderful and it, it really changes things so we can say that revelation uh, you know of who we are what that does is it causes us to think differently and how we think is it affects what we say and it affects what we do. So our saying and our doing is radically changed. We could say our choices, our choices of words. The words that come out of our mouth are different when we find out who we are in him. I, I talk a lot different than I used to talk. You know, and, and I, I, you know, we, we have the spirit of holiness on the inside and, I, and after, I didn't used to care, but I really care about my words now. It makes a difference to me. I want my words to be, I want them to be right. God is holy. <laughs> and the Bible tells us to be holy like him. So I, I want my words to be, I, I don't talk the way that I used to talk. 
Here's a look at this scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. It said, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. So what I got, this is like starting off a new series and we're going to be looking at this throughout the month, but today as we lay a foundation for this series, here's what I just real simply putting it up, the first choice. So for all of us, for, to make good choices, our first choice should be Jesus. So if you're with us today and Jesus isn't your Lord, your first step is to make Jesus your Lord. That's your first step. If Jesus, and for the majority of us, Jesus is our Lord, so then our choice is to know him, to continue to get to know him. That makes all of the other choices really easy when we know him and we have revelation of who we are in him. So that's the first thing. So then, you know, we want to seek him and his word and we want to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So if you, if you think 35,000 decisions or choices a day, well, let's just simplify that a little. You know, when they say that, you ever go to a restaurant and there's, they have such a big menu and it's like, man, it's just so hard to choose what I want to eat because they got so many things. You know, I, I don't know, I don't know, uh, there's one place in the States, the Cheesecake Factory, for you that go to the state, man, they got a big menu. You just sit there and look through pages of it, thinking it's just so hard to make a choice, you know. 35,000, you know, here's, let's make it easy. Let's just go, this is the best choice, Jesus. So when I get up in the morning, when we get up in the morning, the first thing to do is choose him. And decide, I want to know, like Paul the Apostle, the greatest, in my opinion, apostle that walked on the earth was Paul the Apostle. He impacted the earth. And after he did so many things, he said that I might know him. He still wanted to know him. After all the things he accomplished, that's the best choice to make. So what happens is then we are changed when we choose him. And then because we are changed, it simply affects our choices. So if we would say, what is the most important thing for a Christian to do in order to make the best choices? To know him and to know who you are in him. It first of all changes our thinking, but then it changes when we think different, it changes every one of our choices. So I'm going to invite the worship team back up today. And what we want to do today, we just want to spend, you know, we, we, we got some time here. Uh, we just want to spend a little bit of time in his presence. You know, uh, it's, it's nice that we can spend a little time right here together as a family in his presence. And uh, let me read that scripture one more time. Can you put that scripture, the last scripture that we had can you put that back up there? Because look at that last scripture. That, so all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Being in his presence, and of course being in his word changes us. Now, uh, but what we're going to do right now is we want to be in his presence. 
And uh, I didn't grow up in a church like this. I grew up in a church, you know, where you didn't raise your hands, you know, and, you know, and you just didn't do a whole lot in the church that I grew up in. So, you know, maybe you didn't grow up in a church like that. Maybe you're newer. But, you know, it's amazing, like, if you just, like, block everyone out and even just close, sometimes closing your eyes, you know, don't think about who's looking at you. But, you know, it, it was, wasn't, isn't it great if everyone just, ra- the Bible talks about raising our hands. And then the Bible, you know, it's like when you worship, unless you have a physical problem, you know, open your mouth and, and say stuff. Like worship him with your mouth, you know, and, and, and then worship loud. You know, let it really come out. It, it really does make a difference. So what we want to do today is like, I'm going to just lead in a prayer. You might be with us and Jesus, your first choice is to to make Jesus your Lord. So I'm going to lead in a prayer. Then as soon as I lead in this prayer, if you're not a Christian, you have an opportunity to become a Christian right now. And then after we pray, we're all going to stand up and just spend a little bit of time in his presence. So let's pray this prayer together. Let's, you can repeat this after me. If you're with us today and, and you say, well, my first choice, I need to make Jesus my Lord. I'm not a Christian. I want to be a Christian. This is your opportunity. So let's, let's, uh, let's pray this together right now. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you sent a Savior. Jesus, you are the Savior. Jesus, I say this and declare this. You are Lord, and God raised you from the dead. I receive you as my Savior. You're welcome in my heart. Thank you that you came for me, that you loved me, and you gave yourself for me. You're my Lord. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.